0: So today we are beginning a new systematic study of the Acts of the Apostles. We'll be here for quite a while. So uh, uh, I hope that uh, you'll find this um, edifying, that it will build you up. We're going to be here for a while. And we're, we're, not, we're not going anywhere, you know our rhythm. We'll, we're starting at verse 1 and we'll end at the last chapter and the last verse uh, but I encourage you to read ahead if you haven't already done so oh I've read Acts before read it ahead again then let that be your homework this is your probably, probably your one and only homework assignment for today read the Acts of the Apostles uh, at least be a few chapters ahead of us uh, and then when, you, when we come to a certain text then you can unpack and that and uh, uh, you know, it, will, it will give you even more uh, of a deeper, fuller understanding. Uh, but I also want you, I'm going to take this time to encourage you to join one of our small groups, our small groups, what we call growth groups. That is the place where life is shared and lived. Now, we can share and live life to a certain degree here, uh, but it, it doesn't... You can't reach that depth of intimacy that you can in a small group. And that's where you can not only share and live life, but where you can also go deeper and study. So that's there are collateral benefits to, to a small group. So let's begin. Um, first verse, first chapter reads, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day He was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the Apostles, He had chosen. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day He was taken up to heaven. After giving instruction through the Holy Spirit to the Apostles, He had chosen. Theophilus, it's not an uncommon name I've come to discover, uh, but who is He? Well, let me spoiler alert, let me give you the answer. We don't know. We don't know who Theophilus is. And I caution everyone to to not do what we tend to like to do when we don't know the answer, we speculate. And so was he a uh, was he a Roman governor, a Roman official of some sort? I don't know. Was he a Jew that uh, that Luke gave a a pseudonym, a fake name to? Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe he wasn't really even a person, but a stand-in for any reader of the gospel, because the name translates to "friend" or "beloved" of God, Theophilus. Again, we don't know. But we do know, in the first chapter of his gospel, Luke, uh, of, of the Gospel of Luke, Luke refers to Theophilus as he introduces the text. Many have undertaken to draw. Things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. That'll preach. Uh, with this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty. Of the things you have been taught. What Luke is essentially doing is connecting the gospel with the Acts of the Apostles. He's got volume one and volume two. He's looking back as he's going forward, so to speak. So Luke calls Theophilus, most excellent Theophilus. That's why some speculate he was a a Roman governor or a high official is kind of the title list, like your high exalted, you know, you know, whatever, whatever, uh, so that you may know the certainty of things you have been taught. So you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. So you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. Luke is not writing a historical book, per se, but he's preparing a foundation on which the structure of their shared faith in a Jewish carpenter from Bethlehem can rest.
1: I'm trying to lay a foundation
0: for you all so that you may know the certainty of things you have been taught begs a question, you know what's coming, uh, how certain are we of the things we've been taught, how certain are we of the things we have been taught, we just had a, an apologetics uh, planning meeting, and I know just, he, he you know, again, quoting Martin Lloyd jones Martin uh, Boyd-Jones, You keep asking why, why, why to questions of your faith. At some point, if you really answer the question why, you'll get to the core of why you do what you do. Let me go out on a limb. A lot of us don't do that. We we hover at a very superficial level of relationship but never ask. I mean, just ask. I mean, just give you a window to look through. Why are you married to the person you're married to? assuming you're married. That's not a rhetorical question. That's a real question. Why are you married? You could have married anybody. You could have married anybody. But you married who you married. Why? And whatever your answer is that Why? Give me another answer. Why? And at some point, you reach the, I can't go any further than the Holy Spirit, I'm I'm speaking first person, the Holy Spirit said, "That's your wife." For some of us, he was handsome. She was cute. He could cook. We like to go on vacations together. Why? 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 Now, this is not this is not marriage counseling right now. Um, <laughs> Certainly, of the things we have been taught. You've heard me talk about Bakersfield. There's not a whole lot to do. There was 65 years ago, there was nothing to do, and yeah, there ain't nothing to do now. So, uh, so I entertained myself. I had a covering book. thought it would be strange. You had a covering book, too. Why? I had a covering book, but I also. I don't know what it was called, but it was a compilation of a connected dots uh, kind of book. Uh, it was simple, it was straightforward, and you had a whole bunch of dots on a page that were that looked like they were random, that didn't have any rhyme or reason as to why they were why were they why they were there at any point or place on the page. But they were numbered, so you have one, one. Two, number three, number four. And and at the end, if you follow the instruction, and the instruction was, take a pencil or a pen, start at dot one, go to dot two, go to dot three, go to dot four. And if you go to dot end, you will have a piece like, oh, that's cute. I didn't see that. No, you didn't. And you won't and you won't see it unless and until you connect the dots. Uh, and here's the catch. Here's the catch, if there is one. In order for the picture to be understood, you have to follow the rules. You can't go to you can't you can't go to, from dot 10 to dot fifteen to dot 22 to dot one, and then step back and say. That's a mess. I don't want to read! It's a hot mess! It's a hot mess! You you you're right, it's a hot mess. You you didn't you didn't do the game right. You go from dot one to dot two to dot three to dot four dot five and so on. So what are you saying? Is this just, just a memory lane down a trip down memory lane in Bakersfield? Luke is connecting the dots, so to speak, for Theophilus and for us so that we know the certainty of things we have been taught. I know. That's why a lot of people look at the Bible as, oh man, this this is a heavy lift. That's because you're not connecting the dots. And if you were to connect the dots in a studious 2 Timothy 2.15 type way, then you would see the picture that's being painted. It's like, man... That's bigger than the matrix. I get it. Oh, I understand now. But if you're you're going from 33 to 10 to 12 to 1, it's like, I don't get it. So I'm not going to read it. I don't understand. uh, Okay. So this presumes at least two things. At least two things. One, one is that we put ourselves in a position to receive instruction. I know. Uh, I'm, 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 this is so deep, you know. I but Just bear with me. And two, there's a source of instruction. Or to put it another way, the content of a book is only stood when it's read and understood. The content of a book is only understood when it's read and understood. I, I know. I wish I could be more, uh, more, more uh, profound or whatever. Otherwise, it's just. even throw a little red when Jesus talks about it. You know, it's just like, you know, it's just ink on paper. But if you're not, one, two, three, four. Now let me just let's just fly over and let's get straight to Matthew. Or never yet, let me let me let me read Revelation and, and turn it 15 different ways and figure it out how angels can dance on the head of the pen. That's what we do. Too often, too often, life feels like a series of cross lines that don't make sense. I don't know, maybe you guys, you you follow the lines, you follow the dots, you all in order. Uh, too often, if, I, if I'm honest with myself, I'll look at the, the drawing on the page that I'm at, and it's like, what the heck is this? Oh, this, this doesn't look like anything. Then when I think about and retrace myself, I was like, okay, I need to start with one, and go to two, and go to three. I know his thoughts aren't my thoughts, and I know his ways aren't my ways, but there's something to be said of how Job understood God after he connected the dots.
1: He's very religious.
0: He prayed a lot. He prayed that his kids would be okay, and if they, they prayed, he prayed even just in case they sinned. He was very religious. But he hadn't connected the dots to the degree that he understood God. That's why Luke writes, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all the things that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Theophilus, I wrote what I wrote so that you can see not only the necessity and the efficacy of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, but understand that things that things that Jesus imparted for 40 days. Yeah, resurrection of Christ. Then there's 40 days. And then there's the 41st day. And the second day of July, of the year of our Lord, 2023. So, what's the plan? Great question. Walk with us through Acts. Walk with us through the book of Acts and we'll unpack it. But don't miss, and it's right there, it says say, hidden in plain sight, the almost casual reference Luke gives. Up until the 40th day, Jesus was operating through the Holy Spirit and preparing the ones he had chosen for the life ahead. Look at the text. Look at the text. Speaking about the kingdom, the dominion, the primacy, the supremacy of the kingdom of God. And you've heard me say before. I'll say it now. The kingdom of God is not a building, but the reign of God in every aspect of our lives. That's the kingdom of God. Like a like a San Francisco yeah. fog, it just, just in the summer, it just kind of just rolls through the city. It, is, it, is, it doesn't worry about it. the buildings. Of the fog just rolls through. It just it just permeates every aspect and envelops everything. I hear you. I hear you. This is what you're saying. Why if the kingdom of God, as Jesus said, is at hand, and now, why do things in my life and the lives of others seem anything but Godly? Why does it seem to be kind of a, a jumble? Great question. Have we decided to open read and understand the book in a meaningful way, you know, every day, at least within African-American families, you know. If within African-American families, there's this big fat chunky Bible that, that sits on every big Mama's coffee table. if you open it and dare to read it, you're going to get yourself hurt. that book work, but you've Have we decided to act on a book lying on the coffee table of our lives? It's just sitting there. Just, Jesus lived. He died. He rose from the dead. from the dead. And for 40 days, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that we claim to possess, spoke about the kingdom of God to what end? On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of, yes. the gift my Father promised, yes. which you he have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I have a closing. Um, with age and maturity, um, uh, Understand and appreciate. I'm not Jesus. Please don't hold oh, pastors compared. Look, it's age and spiritual maturity. That's all it is. Yeah. I can better appreciate Jesus' action with those he directly and intimately discipled. You know who you are. I don't even want to call names. But we go to breakfast, and I spend time with you. You think I don't have food at home? Why am I doing this? Because I got nothing else to do. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to give you everything that I have yeah. and possess in yes. a way yeah. that you can then take it and not just be, don't, don't be me, be you. And right. take the information that you receive and to translate that into a life. Live out. See, it's not, it, it's a delicate discipleship dance between the now and not yet because, like parenting, a lot of times when we disciple folks or slash parent, or try and be a parent, uh, we want to be their buddy. I want to be your, I want my kids to like me. I want them to love me, but I, I mean, it's like in it, I didn't. I, God didn't bless me with kids to win a popularity contest. That's right. That's right. It's right. Yeah. That's that's not. That's 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 not what parenting is about. Yeah. And let me help. Let me help a brother and sister out. That's not what discipleship is about. Yeah. Oh, well, the sin you're in. That's okay. That's okay. No, it's not okay. Uh, no, it's not okay. You can do better. Yeah. you can't sing up. The the task of the one who is discipling is to instill and prepare the ones who are being discipled for what's to come and it's like parenting. But as much as we can do as disciples and parents, there's a limit. You can't be there all the time. And you can't live life for your kids, or those who disciple.
1: You always want to be there,
0: but you can't always be here. But that's another time. Uh, My point is, more is needed. For the right now and the not yet. What is the more that's needed? It's in the text. In a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. In a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I could be wrong. I, I could be wrong. I, I, I could be wrong. But I think there's been a more than a, a little bit of disconnect in our theology concerning the person of the Holy Spirit. I think it was Francis Chan that wrote the book, uh, the, "The Unknown God," uh, or the unappreciated, underappreciated God. Something that I think uh, this is what I see. This is what I see. Because there is, that's why I say, be careful what you see on YouTube and, yes. and all of that stuff and the yes. perpetuating the uh, stuff. Just be careful of that yes. and what you consume. Yes. Every yes. Just because it's just because it's food and it doesn't fight back doesn't mean it ain't going to make you sick. down no. you know, it's, like, it's, like, you know, it's like, well, it's in the refrigerator. There's some stuff in the refrigerator that needs to be coming I'm out. Just, I'm just saying, I just said, you need to be you put in your body. Thank you Ashley King for the food that you've been giving us. That's just a side shout out. Uh, But there's a there's a, I believe there's been a, uh, either intended or unintended but the conflation of the gift of speaking in tongues and the person of the Holy Spirit, that has been conflated so much so that it becomes off-putting for folks. Well, I don't have the gift to speak in tongues. So, I must not have all of the Holy Spirit. Since I don't have all of the Holy Spirit then, let's just set Him aside and rest on the doorstep of salvation with Jesus Christ. That would be, I can't even draw a parallel, the triunity that is God, you cannot separate the three. Right, and Lord, here Israel. The Lord our God is one. Yes, yes. Hey. He is one. And He is in the form of Father, Son, yes. and Holy Spirit. Yes, 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 yes. Um, God through the prophet Joel told His people that after a period of restoration, after that, after that, after I had to deal with you in your in your wickedness in your rebellion, I had to deal with you, but then there's going been a period of restoration and after that period of restoration uh, I'm going to pour out my spirit because <laughs> I find my page now after that I will pour out my spirit upon everyone Your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. Question. It's not rhetorical. When do you think Joel 2.28 comes into play? It was just theoretical. That's that's an answer. Uh, Sometime in the future. Maybe eschatologically. Now. I will pour out my spirit upon everyone. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. And your young men will see visions.
1: Our salvation
0: through the death, life, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus in our life today lived through the Holy Spirit, it's on a continuum. We will do ourselves a disservice, and I hear my Father speaking, we live beneath our privilege. If we don't understand that it is the Holy Spirit of God that moves, directs, and causes us to do the things that we have been called to do. Otherwise, you'll take the, you'll take that piece of paper and you'll you'll have a whole a bunch of numbers, whole bunch of dots with numbers, and you're doing your level best to try and connect them. And it's just not working out. And let me help you out. It will never work out. It will never work out. But for those of us that have been called, that have accepted Christ as our Savior, we have the indwelling spirit of the living God in us, and it is incumbent on us then to follow the dots to where God is leading us. That's what Luke was trying to tell Theophilus. That's what Mark is trying to tell City Church. Let's pray. Our Father, our God, again thank you, thank you for Christ, thank you for uh, allowing us to see just in five verses how the the centrality of your Holy Spirit, um, it's just not an and one to our lives, it's just not, it makes things better, it is core to who we are. Give us the wisdom, Father, yield to your Holy Spirit. Fathers, that, so that we can be better husbands, better wives, be the parents that you've called us to be, to be the salt in the community you've asked us to be, to be the light on the hill. Father, we can only do it. We can only do it. We can only do it through your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Amen.